Welcome back to the show. For those of you just joining us, this is The Bulls and the Bears presented by Online Trading Academy, the most trusted name in financial education. A little bit more than halfway through, we've been um, talking a little bit about the GDP, a little bit about uh, the sideways market, a little bit about a lot of things, and and uh, then our commentary has really gotten in the way of, of a lot of content. <laughs> well, and that, that's what usually happens. That's why near the end of the show, we're like, well, we didn't get through everything. That's but, right. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to have to speed up a little bit. Anyway, we were talking a little bit about the M2, and I want everybody to understand what the M2 is, because just like when I was talking about inflation being the, you know, the thing that took the market down because of the rates, mm-hmm. and then the debt market, which is what we're seeing right now being the next shoe, the M2 is going to speed the debt market. So what is the M2? All right. Uh, Now the M2 is simply a measure of how much money is in the system. You would think that that would simply be how much money is printed. Yeah. Which would be a scary thing because we printed more money just in two years, right? In 2020 and 2021, Mm -hmm. than we printed in the whole first 200 years of this nation's birth. We printed more money in two years and and so what is that going to do? Well, obviously, there's going to be some inflation, mm-hmm. all right? Uh, because what is, you know, everything that that we have out there, when it comes down to it, is on a barter system. It's, I will trade you this for that. And mm-hmm. it so happens what we're bartering with are dollar bills, right? Or electronic dollar bills or whatever it is. We're doing dollar bills. And the laws of supply and demand say where there's a lot more of something it's valued a lot less when it's very plentiful then then the value goes down mm-hmm. right which is why things like gold or giant pumpkin seeds which actually by weight are more valuable than gold are you serious oddly enough i did not know that because they're so rare if you can if you can grow yourself a 500 pound pumpkin those seeds in there are valuable you know, that's, that's, the... that's better than gold. Yeah. <laughs> what a weird fact. <laughs> All of a sudden you start looking around, where can I plant a giant pumpkin? Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, because they're so rare, rarity causes things. So if you print a lot more money then you're going to have inflation, it was kind of a no brainer. Um, but that's not the only place that we see inflation because as it turns out, banks can lend out money, more money than they actually have on mm-hmm. file. Right. Yep. And therefore, to the degree that the banks are lending out, the money supply actually grows because credit is, for all intents and purposes, just like giving you know people a dollar bill. So when there's a lot more credit out there, then there's a lot more dollars being spent than there are printed. Yeah. All right. Well, with, um, with what's been going on lately, we've had an awful lot of easy credit. And so- what has that done to the economy? It's expanded that money supply. Well, yeah. And it's also allowed people to spend money on things and pushed prices up um, to a larger degree. But prices in areas where it, where it wouldn't be reflected in things like the CPI. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so, you know, the, the Federal Reserve started printing money and buying mortgage, mortgage-backed securities Um and and that happened somewhere around the 2019 mark, I think, is when they were starting to gather a lot of the mortgage-backed securities. Before that, it was all Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, right? But they were gathering a lot of the mortgage-backed securities, and they're saying, oh, we're printing money, and we're not seeing any inflation. Obviously, we're getting away with this. In fact, they'd been printing money for a long time and throwing it at the stock market and saying, 
eh, there's a lot more money in the system and obviously the economy's growing yeah, everything's economy's fine. growing yeah all right um and and we're not seeing the inflation but they were okay so if you look at when the uh when um the federal reserve the bank started printing money and and just popping it at the market mm-hmm. in 2009 yeah march of 2009 march of 2009 all of a sudden you'd see things it just spikes yeah and right? that's actually again and it can- keeps going up while they are printing money and throwing it at the market. Yeah, and you can look that up. What is the bottom of the 2009 market crash? It is March. Right. And that's exactly when they started that money printing process. Exactly. Exactly. So timing the market back then was really easy. Yeah. They told you when the bottom of the market was yeah. going to be. Oh, hey, they're we're buying? going to be oh, buying. I should be we're buying. We're going to. Yeah, yeah we're <laughs> expecting the markets to go up. Yeah. In fact, we're forcing the markets up, and that's exactly what they said. So timing the 2009 bottom, stupid easy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Um, much harder in the 2003, yeah. uh, bottom, but, and it's probably going to be much harder in this one. You know? <laughs> we're going to have to bounce along on a bottom before we actually determine whether we're going to go up or not. Yeah. Uh, however, they started throwing money at the markets and immediately we saw inflation in the markets and stocks started just going nuts. Right. Yeah. And their, their value kept growing even though, even though the rest of the economy and the GDP itself was not growing at the same rate. Mm-hmm. So that was a little bit of a contradiction, but nobody was looking at it. Then they started doing the same thing with mortgage-backed securities, with mortgages, and all of a sudden the mortgage you know, went through the roof. And we had growth at, um, at 19 22% in one year. Well, in, in some areas over a couple of years, it was, it was over 100% growth. Yes. And that's nuts. Yes. Uh, Now they are withdrawing money. And in fact, we're going to see a contraction of what's called the M2 or the money supply out there because of raised interest rates. And therefore, the banks aren't lending as much and people aren't borrowing as much. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And they have to start paying things back. Uh, And because of that contraction, every time we have seen that kind of contraction, it has led to recessive periods. Mm hmm. The last time we saw that was in the nineteen it was in the late nineteen sixties, and it kind of got nasty. Well, and, and for housing, I think you'll see a lot of the housing in cities not fall as much as maybe some of the rural places that really blew up. Could because those rural places, I mean, they don't have as many jobs. So if people can't work online or people aren't hiring online or whatever it is, well, you're going to have to move back to those cities to to get those jobs. Right. Yeah. So. You know, this M2 coming to uh, coming to an end and, and the easy money coming to an end and things like that. Uh, if you look from 1980 into, uh, I don't know, into 2022, um, 1980 was about when the baby boomers were really starting to get into their into their their financial lives. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, the late 70s, early 80s. And that's that's when we see things really start picking up in the economy, goosed by easy monetary policies uh, throughout that, that period. And what that has done is it has made the baby boomers wealthy beyond the GDP, beyond the uh, gross national product, mm-hmm. which didn't make a lot of sense if you understand the gross national product. Because what the gross national product is is just a calculation of what has been produced in the United States in terms of value. And when you see people outpacing that or a group of people outpacing that, you have to wonder where's all this extra money come, coming from, especially if they're only, you know, inter- if all of their interests are, are domestic. Yeah. And the only real answer is the easy money. The, the M2 is growing. Yeah. 
Um, and typically you would, you should see at that period when the M2 is growing also inflation, but because of where the money was going, we saw inflation in only things that added to the wealth of the baby boomers. So the baby boomers as a generation has become very wealthy. That's going to now haunt future generations who have to pay the bill for that mm-hmm. because you always, there's always a bill to be paid for easy money. You know, um, and what that means is, is that we are going to have to, uh, to work, you know, very hard. If, if you haven't already secured your wealth, um, and, or if you want to pass on your wealth to your grandchildren, if you are one of the generation, you know, um, getting them to actually have the same ability, the same lifestyle that you had, the same opportunities that the baby boomers had means that you have to do things in a different way. You have to look at it in a different way and you have to really understand risk management in a much better way than they did Mm -hmm. when the money was much easier. Does that make sense? Yeah. Have I explained that well? I mean, that's Professor Warby up on a soapbox a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) I tried not to interrupt you. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But because of that dynamic, you know, uh, future generations are simply going to have to work smarter, going to have to work harder, um, or, well, either smarter or harder. Now, I'm a fan of working smarter, not harder. Mm -hmm. And what does it mean to work smarter? Well, it means that your money should be working harder for you than you do for it. Yes. Okay, so this idea of having your money work harder for you than you do for it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that everybody out there, anybody listening to this, anybody in general would agree that that's a great idea and something that should happen. But most people, I think, just give it lip service. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really. It's it's the problem of they don't understand where to learn it at or well, how to even start. Yeah. Or, or they've decided, hey, I, you know, I'm just going to hand it off to somebody else who's obviously going to do well. Now, this doesn't make a whole bunch of sense because, you know, you work awful hard for your money. You prize it. Mm-hmm. You want your retirement. And then you give it to somebody who doesn't really care or is more interested in their money than they are for yours, which is natural, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you can do better. And I'm absolutely convinced that everybody can learn how to do this and and do it really well. We've got free classes for this public service. All right. It's power trading and investing workshop. You can register for that by calling 8448 trader. That's eight four four eight eight seven twenty three thirty seven, or text the word wealth to 25029. That's wealth to 25029. And again, we're going to show you the rules, tools, and strategies of investing and trading. We'll see you after the break. 